0: Welcome back to Core Anesthesia. Whether you are a student prepping for tests and boards or a CRNA here to earn CEUs, we are glad you've joined us. For more about us, make sure to check us out on Instagram at coreanesthesia and online at coreanesthesia.com.
1: Welcome back to Core Anesthesia. I'm Cole here with Tanner. And today we want to do an episode on study habits through school, ways that have worked for Tanner and I in terms of what we found helpful for studying for our exams, studying for the C exam, for boards, et cetera, along with ways that we found not so helpful that we've had to learn the hard way. And hopefully we can pass on some advice to you that would prevent you from making some of the same mistakes that we did. We've just had a lot of people reach out to us saying that they would like us to do an episode on just the fundamentals of how to approach studying through school. What are some ways to make your studying more efficient and maximize the limited time that we have to match the brute amount of information that we have to memorize. Cause let's face it, at least for me, I've never come across a program that requires you to know so much information and so much detail in such a short amount of time. And it's just a whole different way of having to study. At least compared to, for me, compared to my undergraduate degrees, I feel like those were a breeze compared to the amount of information that we have to do. And I had to kind of switch up the way that I studied. I don't know about you, Tanner, if you felt the same way when you entered school,
0: if it was different or about the same for you. Yeah, definitely different. I think when I started out, I just adopted the same practices I used in undergrad. And frankly, those were mainly just reading through PowerPoints and making sure that I could kind of connect the dots on the main concepts and then spend a little bit of time memorizing things that I thought I needed to memorize. And I started trying to do that with the anatomy classes and physiology classes that our program started with. And there was just way, way, way way too much information to just absorb that information through looking over PowerPoint slides for me. So for me, I think my studying habits have changed depending on what types of classes I'm in. For those initial classes where there's a lot of specific factors like the anatomy and physiology, for me, I honestly used Quizlet and every PowerPoint slide that they gave us, I would make a few Quizlet cards on just a quick answer or, you know, finish the sentence, whatever it was. And then I would just go through and take a test of all of those Quizlet cards and I would take them over and over until I was getting them right from there. since I had memorized the material, I could then put that back into bigger concepts. So if we were studying renal physiology, for example, and you were trying to memorize the different parts of the renal tubule and you were trying to figure out which types of electrolytes were being reabsorbed or excreted, that sort of thing, I'd already memorized that from the slides and then I could put that back into general concepts. That's changed a little bit with now that we're in our anesthesia classes or we've taken our anesthesia classes. I don't really use Quizlet anymore at all. It's mostly trying to be able to communicate the larger concepts. And that's something that I've really adopted from you, Cole, just learning the larger concepts and then being able to work those into uh, different situations. Right. And honestly, the way that we study now
1: is completely through this podcast. And it was how we began our studying approach about, I'd say, 10 months into this school program was when we started to have these conversations on our drives to class, where we would call each other on our commutes and just talk about the concepts that we're learning. And that forced us to not simply sit there and read a textbook or read the PowerPoint slides, which we first had to do to learn that information to begin with, or at least see that information written out. But I found that at least for my brain and a lot of people that I've talked to, I found this to be true as well. Simply sitting there reading the PowerPoint over and over or reading a textbook over and over. Isn't the most efficient way to study. Now there are some people that that probably is your most efficient way. And that's how you learn best. And by all means do it that way. But for me personally, for Tanner and a lot of the people that we've talked to, that doesn't seem to work very well, or the most efficient way to study an anesthesia school. And we really started to find that when we had open-ended discussions about the topic, it really made us see, okay, this is what we do know, and what we know well. This is what we don't know, or this is what we kind of know, but not enough to talk about the specifics. And so an example of this would be, if we were learning about neuroanesthesia, we would be driving to class and we would just be talking about, okay, let's talk about ICP. What are some of the things that we can do to increase ICP, decrease ICP, et cetera. And there's no notes in front of you. There's no book in front of you. And we just talked about it and we would quiz each other and we would walk through the topic. And what that did was, A, if I was one asking the questions, I had to think about how I was going to ask the questions, knowing the answers. And if I understood it well enough to do that, and Tanner on the same side would have to rationalize through all of that without even looking at anything. And so that told him if he understood the concept enough and we were able to just bounce back and forth ideas and not just simply saying, okay, X, Y, and Z are going to decrease your ICP. So we would ask questions such as your patient is in this position with this type of thing going on. What are some interventions you're going to do? And really trying to talk about the concepts rather than just listing facts. And I feel like that really started to open our eyes to the idea of there are so many facts in anesthesia school that there is just no way your brain is going to be able to retain all of it. It, It's just not going to happen. And so what we started to, to understand was the idea that if we formed concepts and we understood those concepts, we could apply multiple scenarios and multiple facts to that concept. And it made it so that our brains didn't have to understand just brute memorization of hundreds of thousands of facts.
0: I think what I've really appreciated, though, about doing that is then when you go back to read, you know, using your example, if you're talking back and forth about ICP, for example, and hopefully, you know, the normal levels of ICP. But if you didn't and you were talking through that and I'm like, "Ah, I can't quite remember what the normal ICP was and maybe Cole didn't know either then I would go back to the textbook or go back to whatever resource you're using and you'd look that up. But you could look up those specifics in light of the overall discussion that you've had. And so I think a lot of times having that discussion and then going back to the textbook and reading kind of brought to life a lot of those little facts that you really needed to know or that uh, you didn't catch maybe the first time or you hadn't seen before. But since you understood the concept, you're able to Kind of pick up on those things as you read. I think it's been, made my reading a lot more impactful compared to just reading a bunch of words on the page. And half the time you start zoning out and you're not really absorbing anything. But if you can engage your brain and actually pay attention to, you know, what you're talking about, what you're reading about, I feel like it does a lot to uh, fortify those concepts in your mind. I also think it helps when you're talking about those things to then relate that to other things. And I think that kind of solidifies it as well. When you start, uh, you know, if you're talking about ICP, well then now let's talk about drugs that might affect ICP. And then if you're talking about, uh, say, ketamine gets brought up, you're talking about ketamine, well then how does ketamine work? And you start talking about how ketamine works and you can find all these rabbit holes all over the place of kind of chasing down specific things that from the get go weren't, you know, even related to the neuro conversation you're having at first, but you can keep tracking that down and kind of find the borders of your knowledge base just by asking each other questions. And I think that too is helpful to kind of keep refreshing on those concepts because it might've been a while since you talked about pharmacology with specific things, but you can always relate that to whatever you're talking about. And so I think just using those interrelated concepts also helps keep things fresh in your mind.
1: Yeah, that's a great point. I remember, specifically, one of the things we had that happen was, I believe we were talking something about histamine, and how some type of disease process, you wouldn't want to give any drugs that release histamine. And I think it was one of the episodes that we were recording for our podcast. And we asked each other, okay, so what, speaking of that, what type of neuromuscular blockers that we did three weeks ago for an episode, what, which one of those released histamine? And we both like stared blankly at the screen for like 30 seconds because we couldn't even remember something we did three weeks ago. Maybe it was right. even a week before that. Mm-hmm. And it's just the idea of reinforcing the concepts in your head rather than just sticking to, okay, we're talking about cardiovascular for the next two weeks and then forget all of that. Now we're going to talk about neuro and then forget about that. We're going to talk about pharmacology. It's very important to try to cross connect and form those linkages. I found that's very helpful in terms of connecting concepts that
0: it worked really well for me. I think it's also important that you are realistic as well and, and- what I mean by that is a lot of times you'll hear what your classmates are doing to study or you'll hear their schedules or you have a test tomorrow and they've stayed up all night and they've been pouring over these books and they've read every chapter from every possible book. And that's just not me. That's not how I study and that's not what would be successful for me. I would, My brain would be mush by the time I went to take the test. So I also think just being realistic with, what you like to do to study. And and some of that is good to be outside your comfort zone as far as if you think you're you know, an a experiential learner. It's also important to exercise those different types of learning that maybe aren't so comfortable to you. But I think you also don't need to try to keep up with everybody and how they are studying because it doesn't work for everybody. And so for me, it's actually kind of the opposite of that. Sometimes the night before I'll stay up a little bit later than I usually would, but I just know that if I if I stay up very late, I'm not a good test taker the next day. And so for me, we've talked about this on previous episodes, but I really like to keep my schoolwork between uh, you know working hours. It's obviously more difficult with clinical because oftentimes you're getting off of clinical at five, six in the evening. So you still have to do some schoolwork when you get home. But I really try to keep that isolated to certain hours and then still have hours to just take a break. And I'm not just... For me personally, sitting on the couch, if I'm watching TV and trying to unwind, it's going to do me no benefit to have a textbook open and just, you know, grazing through random um, chapters of the book or, you know, I'm not, if I'm not focused on studying, I'm not going to be doing it well. And it's just a waste of time. So for me to have very set times to study and then very set times to relax and still trying to maintain those times to relax, even up till test taking time is really helpful for me. And, um, I think it makes me a better test taker personally than if I would try to, you know, stay up all night or study at all times of the day. We wanted to take a quick break from this episode to remind you that the show notes for our episodes are available to our Patreon members. If you're not a Patreon member, go to patreon.com, search Student Nurse Anastasia Podcast, and you can subscribe there. You'll have access to all of our episodes ad-free, as well as the show notes. These are the outlines that we use as we go through our different topics. So make use of those. Those will be great study tools for you. And make sure you go on to patreon.com to sign up. Then you'll have access to all of those, plus all of our episodes ad-free.
1: I think it might be helpful just to walk through what our approach is to a topic, whether it be from the very first day when we're going to learn about it in class up until we take the test. So for me, and again, this is just the way that we do it. This is not the most perfect way. This is not the only way. This is just the way that we have found that works for us. The way that I approach this is I'll go into class that first day. And while we're learning and while I'm reading through the PowerPoint or whether it be you're taking notes, just freehand, et cetera, as we're walking through, rather than say to myself, oh, I got to memorize that information, that information, that information, et cetera, as we go across each slide, what I try to do is just say, why does that make sense? Why does that make sense? Why should I understand it this way? And when I do that, and I purposely do not say, okay, memorize this fact as we read it on the slide. I just try to say, okay, does that make sense as we're talking through it? And I do that for every single piece of information as we go. And I make little question marks if there's anything that, as we're talking about it, just doesn't quite make sense in my head as to why that is. Later, I'll go back and look at those things. But I found that when I do that, and I don't try to memorize things up front, I just try to understand why it makes sense the next time I go to study it, instead of trying to memorize those facts, it's interesting how much my brain does remember those facts just because I understood the concept when we first went through it. So what I'm trying to say there is, don't necessarily try to memorize everything right up front because you're not gonna be able to. The first time you go through a topic or a series of information, just try to understand why it makes sense. And we use APEX a lot in our program And they have a lot of great diagrams and tables on their pages. And so what I try to do when I am going through these apex modules is when I'm reading through a table, I'll go through all the lists of information and rather than try to memorize all the pieces there, I'll literally go through and say, okay, why does this decrease my peep? Or why does this decrease my dead space? And why does that make sense? And I'll go through the whole list rather than memorize the actual information, just try to understand it. And the next time I go through that information, then it's seriously amazing how much of it I remember just because I tried to understand the topic rather than memorize it. And again, you're not going to be able to to know all the information just by understanding it. And so the next time through anything that sticks out to me that I didn't remember simply from trying to understand it, I include that in my memory bank of facts. And so before every test, there is a series of information the night before. As I'm reading through the information, if I don't quite understand it, I'll just add that to my list of memorization facts. And the day of the test, then I'll reread that list that I made of all these factual information, things that I have to memorize. And I'll just hold that for the test, take the test. And I know I'm probably not going to remember that information because I have found from my career of school Whenever you try to memorize something, you're not going to remember it come two weeks, six months, et cetera. What you are going to remember is the concepts that you understood that you can apply to the next topic. And so I've really tried to change my study habits to be, or instead of memorizing just information, just simply to memorize it. I try to understand the concept and apply that to the information that's presented to me because then I found that crosses over to the next topic so much better. And I remember more in the long run. I don't know, Tanner, about you, how you approach studying habits and how you kind of go towards taking the exam.
0: Not on yet, but we like the word concepts. So we're going to use concepts over and over and over because it really is, I mean, the main way we study because like Cole said, there's just too much individual information to try to retain all of that. But if you can connect the dots with uh, larger ideas, then it's a lot easier, I think, to retain the information. I'm similar to you, Cole, where I'll go through the material one time, initially just trying to pick out the main themes after a long day of clinical or even times when I don't feel like my mind is super engaged, but I'm just trying to go through and get familiar with the material. And I think that first time through, there's still things that maybe I haven't quite figured out or I'm not quite understanding it. But I'll go through and kind of get a feel for the material, get an idea for what we're talking about. Uh, The second time through, I kind of try to bite down a little bit on the specific things I'll need to memorize or things that I may have missed on the first time through. And I'll spend most of my time on the second time through. I'll go quickly through the things that I understand and I'll spend a lot more time on the things that I maybe don't quite understand as much or seem just confusing to me or backwards. And I'll spend time really on those very specific things, trying to understand those. And then I usually go through about a third time before the test just to do everything start to finish because there's surely things from the things that I thought I understood on the first time that maybe I don't remember or I don't remember the specifics. And I really feel like by that third time when I take the test, I'm, I'm pretty familiar with the uh, overall concepts and and specifics that we're talking about. And I'm talking about this in light of the classes that we're taking now. And, and basically what we're doing now is reviewing for our uh, board exams or taking tests that are kind of similar to what we'll expect on the C exam and then also the NBCRNA exam. So right now we're not really in any specific classes. It's mostly review for our boards. So that's again, a little bit different than maybe you would do first time approaching a specific concept. And like Cole said, this is not a perfect way to do it. This is just how we do it and have been successful in our own studying. And this is what works for us. So completely new topic. Then I think going back to writing out some flashcards and uh, reading through the material, I kind of did it a similar way where, um, I would read through, I really liked Miller. Miller to me makes a lot of sense. That's the textbook that I really liked. I feel like everybody has kind of their own textbook that I would read the chapter of Miller again, just kind of going through it. Maybe my mind wasn't totally engaged, but I would just try to get kind of the main themes or the main concepts out of it. And just trying to get a sense of what we're talking about. And then I would go back through just skimming, looking at large headings and and seeing if there's anything that I really didn't understand kind of pass back through it. But for me, it's it's a repetition thing. There's no way, there's no like one specific way that I'm going to study one time and retain. It's just not how my brain works. I think way better memory than I do. You can remember things specifically at once or reading it once, but for me, it takes a lot of repetition and a lot of times seeing the same thing over and over. So for me, about three times going through the material in those different ways, uh, really seems to make the material stick for me.
1: As an example of what I mean by understanding a concept rather than brute factual information. So something that when we did our cardiac was obstructive hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. This process is when the space between the left ventricle and then moving out into the aorta, you have some narrowing right before the aortic valve. And it's either because your ventricular septum is really, really enlarged and big or your mitral valve anterior leaflet is moved in the anterior direction. And it makes that upper part of the ventricle kind of smaller and prevents blood from shifting through there. And so how I remember this is I only remembered two facts from this topic. One was that if the contractility is high, it'll ruin, and and the way I remember this, it would ruin the form of that contractural squeeze, and you couldn't get blood to go past that narrowing spot. Because it's almost like when you're trying to lift weights and you're using the wrong form, you're not going to be able to do it as well as if you were doing the correct form. And so that was the first fact I memorized, that it needed to have adequate, good contractility to get the blood through. The second fact I remembered was you need volume and pressure to be elevated both in the preload, filling that spot to keep that compressed spot open, as well as your afterload pressure from your aorta needed to have that high to keep that thing open. And so those those are the two facts I remembered from that topic is the idea that you don't want the contractility to be high because it would ruin your form. And you want to have increased amount of pressure and volume going through the left ventricle to keep that. open. And knowing those two facts, then you could apply everything else to that. So what drugs would you want to give? Well, I had the option of either giving ephedrine or Neo if my blood pressure is low. What would I rather do? Well, which one is going to increase my pressure, but decrease the amount of contractility I have? Well, that would be Neo because Neo decreases my heart rate, whereas ephedrine increases it. Do I want to give them more fluid or less fluid? Well, I'd want to give them more fluid because that's going to increase the amount of volume and pressure going through there. Do I want to give a positive inotrope? No, I probably don't want to give that because that would increase my contractility. Do I want to do neuraxial anesthesia? Probably not because that would decrease my afterload. And so once you understand just those two facts, then you can apply everything else to that concept. And hopefully that makes sense. And I'm kind of going over the assumption here that you understand the basic facts, which is, you know neuro anesthesia will lower my afterload. neo will do, et cetera, to my heart rate. Those kind of things you do have to memorize up front. But once you understand those basic you can then apply it to a bigger concept. So rather than have to memorize the whole list of things I do or don't want to do with obstructive hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, I could just remember the two facts of give me more volume and pressure and decrease my contractility, and I could apply any test question to that topic as to what our approach is here of trying to limit the amount of brute memorization that we
0: have to do. I wanted to talk about was something that you guys have asked us specifically about, and that was preparing for the C exam. This is something that our program, we take it twice. We take it once in the springtime, and we take it once in the fall, graduate and go on and take our boards. And the first time that we took it was Pretty good, honestly, I naturally am not a very good test taker. I'll go back and forth on answers and overthink and really worked on as we've gone through the program for me, it's just a better scenario if I just take questions, answer with what I know what i my gut instinct is and move on. I don't go back and check answers anymore. I just take the qu- take the test, move on, and it's honestly improved my test taking significantly just because I know my natural tendency is to overthink things. All that being said, I'm not a very good, but since going through these topics and trying to, again, understand larger themes and concepts, I felt like the C exam, there may be some specific questions that I was like, I don't remember, you know, the specific dose range or the specific number for X, Y, or Z, but there was nothing on the exam that I thought, oh, I've never heard of this, or I don't even know what they're talking about. Again, it might've been something that I didn't know specifically the answer to, but it was all something that was familiar to us. And I think that was a really good of kind of our study habits so far. We purposefully didn't study before the first C exam so that we could see just basically where we were, a knowledge-based standpoint, and know exactly where we needed to go taking our next C exam uh, in terms of what we need to get to graduate and those sort of things. For us, taking the C exam was helpful. And I think in large part, this podcast has helped us just because these concepts, I'll just pick a random episode on my commute and listen back to something. So even if we're studying cardiac or something, I can go back and listen to uh, renal or uh, airway, or just something that isn't necessarily on my mind, but I'm just hearing it frequently. And I don't have to be completely engaged all the time, but it just keeps it present in my mind. So, to echo what Tanner
1: was saying, by no means am I trying to advertise that you should go through and listen to our episodes on our podcast, but I will say that that really did help me about two or three weeks before we took the first C exam. Again, as Tanner said, we chose not really to go back and study a bunch of the information and try to pack our brains full with the content to get as high a score as we could. Rather, we just wanted to see if what our original plan going through school was, and that was the idea that we were going to record our conversations of each topic an exam so that we could freeze time when our brains really knew the information the best the day of an exam. And then refresh our brains by listening to those conversations while we drove to clinical a month or two before we took boards. And we wanted to see if that was actually going to play out well for taking this first C exam. I wanted to go about it. I just wanted to listen to a few of our episodes that I felt a little bit shaky on the topics. And I'm for about two weeks before the exam, I just listened to a couple of our episodes on my way back and forth to clinical. And then went and took my C exam. And I honestly felt that it really did refresh my memory on a lot of those topics. And again, it's not from the sense of very specific detailed information, as Tanner said. While there are some questions that are very detailed, a lot of it was more concept-based. And almost every question we had on the C exam, I had the thought of, I know I have studied this, and I knew the answer to this question at one point during my schooling. Now, the problem was I didn't remember about half of those questions what the answer actually was right off the bat. And I had to basically rely on my gut feeling from previous months when I, at one point knew the answer. And that's my biggest advice I can give you is when you're going through this exam, you're not going to remember everything. There's just so much, but you have gone through this at one point in the program. And so you are going to have a gut feeling towards something. And so my advice would be not to second guess yourself. If you do have a gut on something and, reason to change that I would just go with that gut answer. And that's what I did for a lot of the questions. Truly, as I went through it, I felt like I bombed the exam just simply because I'm used to seeing a question and being like that is the answer and moving on rather than getting to a question and just having a gut feeling about it on practically 50% of the questions. And so that made me feel apprehensive going through this C exam, but my score was actually a lot better than I anticipated it was going to be. We assume it was because at one point, you know, we knew the answer to those questions and you just have to trust your gut
0: on those. None of this is the exact best way to do it for probably anyone else other than us, but this is the way that we have found to be successful. And maybe this is helpful for you. And maybe if anything, this just relieves thinking they have to study one specific way or have to keep up with other classmates or anything else, figure out what works for you. And, and, important to mention that you need to take time to make sure that your brain stays fresh. So if you're feeling burnout, go do something else, go for a run, go for a walk, do something active to reset and just make sure that you're not just uh, getting burnt out and in the end, not retaining anything, um, because your brain isn't ready to absorb any more information. So I think as, as important as it is to figure out how you like to study, it's also important to figure out how you like to relax and how you like to take a break. So I wouldn't second, I wouldn't downplay that at all. And again, just figure out what works for you. Hopefully this is helpful for you as you try to strategize and use your time well so that you can study and be successful.